Hi everyone, thank you for joining the Facebook Live event today. I have Miss Yukti Vera with us today. Hi Yukti, how are you today? I am fantastic, thank you so much for having me and how about you, how has your day been so far? It's been good, I've been good. Um, thank you so much for joining. Today we're gonna talk about um, some tough questions um, in uh, optometry. A uh, hot topic right now is telemedicine. Uh, a lot of doctors are asking questions about it, a lot of new industry trends, forms in the industry around the world on this topic. So I, I thought you'd be a great guest to have on here to talk about telemedicine. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, definitely. Telemedicine is the hot topic and one of my favorite topics to talk about. So I'm all here. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, how, how did telemedicine get started and how do you feel about it now? So I have to tell you uh, where my journey started. I started off three, three and a half years ago now with 2020 now. And when I heard about telemedicine as a concept, I was new to the country as well. It was a very alien topic. And like every doctor, I had my own reservations and I didn't think this was real. So I started off in 2020 now saying that I'll work with you guys for three months. We'll see how it goes. If it works, then I'll move forward. Otherwise, you know, I it was a great experience. See you never kind of a feeling because I didn't think that it would really be the kind of eye exam or meet the standards that we are looking for. And three years down the line, I feel that we have barely scratched the surface and telemedicine has so much more to offer. Of course, things are not perfect, but they did give me a lot of opportunity to see what we can pick up through telemedicine. So I'm a huge advocate of telemedicine now. <laughs> Yeah, and you were doing telemedicine before like COVID where it became super popular um, and everyone was kind of thinking about it, using it in their practice, um, right? So, yes, absolutely. So I, I always say that I've seen the pre and the post COVID telemedicine era. So before, tel before COVID, people would not used to like me talking about telemedicine or even if I would say, yeah, I'm working for a telemedicine company and it would be like, oh, okay, you're not doing something right. COVID hits and everybody gets a chance to experience something which I did initially. So that was like a great experience, even for me, looking from an industry perspective, how everybody started experimenting with telemedicine. And definitely, you know, there's like a lot of scope opportunities and the experience I felt overall was pretty good, though there's a lot of work to be done. But I think everybody is now aware of how telemedicine works and what telemedicine is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, you know, at, at the beginning when telemedicine came out, everyone was thinking doom and gloom and optometry, optometry's over. And I, I, I think that, you know, we need to think of it as an addition to our practice, a, great, a way to, you know, help our patients evolve our practice. I think there are ways to incorporate it. Um, you know, before COVID, that was it. And then COVID doctors were more open-minded and now doctors are using it for uh, consultations um, to parents for myopia management, dry eye follow-ups, some uh, corporations are using it for locations that they can't find doctors um, and, and to be able to see patients uh, and, and, and reserved areas in the country where it's hard to find um, doctors as well. And, and it's for e easier for patients to get access to care as well. So there is tremendous um, involvement over the years. It's really uh, evolved. And I think it continues to involve as well. And um, I think it'll be more acceptable as, um, you know, colleges are starting to teach this method um, yeah. to students yeah. as the new grads come out here yeah. in the next yeah. month. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned it really right that, you know, initially telemedicine was thought as a solution or an option only for 
people who don't have access to doctors or something which is very remote but we forget how busy our lives are also in like main cities right so if i am given an option to start a consultation from home or do continue my care from home why wouldn't i choose it so it was initially just thought as an alternative for rural areas but now with covid everybody realized how important it is and how it can help every uh, scope of like community everyone can benefit from some some uh, service through telemedicine for sure yeah so telemedicine is, is is not going away i think aoa is in each state is developing guidelines and and what um they can do or can't do and what the rules are going to be for that um, right so i think that's important as we kind of see how the landscape changes uh, on this as well and um you know vision plans and um uh health insurances are reimbursing for this as well um, so we're going to see a lot of different changes, but you know, I think it's here. I think it's here to stay as well. Um, so it's up to us as optometrists to, you know, have it beneficial for our patients um, and make sure that you know it's good for our patients too, and they still get the highest quality of care um, with this technology. Yes, absolutely. What do you think is the the major challenges that we've seen uh, in the space of telemedicine uh, from an industry perspective? I feel the major challenge is though COVID did a great uh, thing in terms of, you know, giving exposure to everybody to telemedicine and experiment both sides of it, the patient as well as the doctors. I felt we were just forced into the situation. We don't have, we don't, we were not really comfortable or it was not an organic growth into telemedicine. So right now, uh, telemedicine sometimes is only seen as an initial consultation. Of course, there are a lack of tools and uh, devices and things that will help make better clinical decisions. But there's a lot of scope in terms of how can we make this part of your routine practice. I feel that's a biggest challenge because doctors want to implement it. But we've always been trained in schools and colleges of using your practice and you know how to use the devices. Telemedicine has not been taught ever. Now, suddenly, if you want to in incorporate that in your practice it is a challenge because it's a learning curve you have to learn your staff has to learn you're already facing staff shortage now you're asking them to learn something new so i feel how do i make this a new normal is a bigger challenge i feel from uh, the practitioner perspective and even from industry perspective we don't really have the devices and the softwares that are ready to have that standard of care Many things have evolved, but there's a lot that can be offered moving forward. Yeah, I think a lot of us get uh, the phone call from the patient. You know, I, you know, I, ha I think I have a bump on my lid. It's it's a little sore. It just came about. I mean, that's telemedicine. We're, but we ne we were never really charging for it. We was doing the consultations, helping them. You know, now is now is there's an opportunity to take advantage of that um, in your practice and and have and the patient understands that. Um, you know, they could pay a copay for that service and kind of do that and kind of squeeze those patients into your day um, to make it easier and even contact lens follow-ups and, and checks and things like that things that are easy to do um, so that's a that's a big um, advancement in, in a practice that doctors can take advantage of where do you see the future of telemedicine future i would say looks really bright for telemedicines uh, not just because i am an advocate and i'm passionate about technology and i care the reason i say that is the fact that many many uh, industry like leaders have started investing in telemedicine so we definitely know that you know this is going to be the future and there are going to be more and more technology out there to help us provide better standard of care through telemedicine 
also there are surveys which has shown that patients would want to continue using telemedicine even post pandemic so now that irrespective of the age group everybody wants to continue using that as an option so patients are ready it is just for us to start offering the service of course nothing can replace the in in office practice and care that is nowhere near the future that i feel will happen but the idea should be having a more hybrid approach so that we can wisely use our chair time as practitioners our chair time is extremely valuable so it's it will be very interesting to see how we take new technologies and implement not just for consultation but also using ai machine learning and all those new technologies to make help us make better decisions yeah i mean just off topic a little bit i i i i've seen ai um in the industry read some articles and i i think it's fascinating i think that's like a huge uh, what we're going to see in the future a lot of you know and and it's going to help us with diagnosis um even with um there's a lot out there that's new technologies coming out now with diabetic retinopathy and things like that but what fascinated me was reading in one of the ophthalmology articles about you know glaucoma i mean sometimes yeah. we always still have that questionable glaucoma patient we don't know maybe but i mean we just we're going to have all this technology at our fingertips we're going to be able to diagnose diseases much faster um better outcomes for our patients um i think we should just embrace it it's it's a technology that um we, i think we all can use um if you know we go within the guidelines provided by state laws so i think, i think that's important absolutely and i feel it is important for as you had rightly mentioned initially it is important for us to embrace technology because if we don't embrace it we will stand behind because the entire healthcare industry and the system is approaching telemedicine and you know there are advocacy policies that are being implemented so if not just for optometry but general healthcare as well so it's important for us to look at telemedicine ai or all these advanced technology as a support system to help us expand our scope of practice versus a thread that will take away the practice so that's how i look at it and i feel like nothing can replace human intelligence or the kind of uh, information we can diagnose but it will be just your assistive tool that will help you to you know make better decisions yeah i mean it'll be for that patient too that kind of wants convenience um for a quick follow up visit or or however it evolves in the future i know um my my doctor wanted to do a follow up visit and for me just just being super busy the fa- the fact that i could do a phone call uh you know was it was great for me i was happy to pay for a copay whatever it was and do the follow up call and it was convenient and i i want to do it all the time i mean obviously you have to go in for the physicals and and blood work but the, all the other stuff i i thought was beneficial for me to do that and um so i i think of it like from a patient perspective we're giving good quality care but it's also convenience busy lifestyle um it's just like the you know year 2022 is everyone's on their phones everyone's on the run um how, how can we attract that patient into our office and this may be a new way to do so and get some new patients maybe the younger generation that that wants this and looks for it i know that i've added some new technology in my practice and patients feel like it's a wow factor and even i mean just simple things like a retinal photography or 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 oct um they think it's it's the latest and greatest so just imagine their perspective on something else that uh is easy for you to to consult with them and and give them information and give them treatment absolutely on knowing today's generation i'm sure you uh, uh you would have experienced it as well patients are very well informed thanks to dr kupil and they want to be involved in the decision making process and this technology will help them 
instead of googling things they can directly call you and you can make money out of it you can charge them for that consultation so wouldn't that be a a, a win-win situation for all of us that instead of they just googling things you can be like why don't you just call me for a small copay and then we i can guide you of what to google and how to google you know so it is a way to look at it uh, that technology is out there people want it how can you make the most of it no yeah i think that's important because a lot of a lot of patients would just call right and try to get a script or trying to get something for a oriolum or whatever the case is so we're kind of giving our information away um where we can kind of uh, find a way to utilize this a platform like that to, to to increase revenue in your practice if patients can't come in uh, for something like that. Um, right. Another thing to add, I feel, is we all know that there is a shortage in the healthcare industry in general. We are all facing some kind of shortage. This telemedicine, I, I keep talking about this all the time, will give an opportunity for doctors, say, who want to retire. We can still use their knowledge and their expertise through telemedicine. They can, you know, do the consultation from home, have flexible hours, and, you know, work as many hours as they like. Similarly, for young parents who might have to take care of their kids, they can still continue working through te telehealth consultation. So there are additional opportunities that are opening up for doctors as well. So it's a win-win situation for everyone if done right, for sure. That's an underlying statement. For no, yeah, of course. I think it's I think it's for doctors. A lot of doctors have expressed interest in in, in something like this. I work for some of the uh, bigger corporations that have that you know supply. Uh, lanes for a lot of corporate opticals and, and they found some interest in it but and they have multiple licenses so they can yes. work in different states but some of them like it also for like a, uh, supplemental income and kind of mm -hmm. like to mix it up a little bit in the office outside the office and then if, if they don't feel comfortable given that script they just you know have the patient come back to do an in-live exam so it's not something that we're not the, the doctors are given good quality care um, if they feel uncomfortable, they have, they have the say to kind of stop the exam and say, well, this Excellent. is as far as we can go. We need to have you come back, um, for, for, uh, in-person exam. And, and some of those exams, you know, if they're older or something like the patient can't, you know, is not getting 20, 20 vision. Um, those are, need to be in-person. They're not all for every patient. Yes, absolutely. So telemedicine surely is not for all the patients, but they do understand that. And we're trying to target the patients who don't really need, uh, like in in-person exam but they still need a touch point and that is also an opportunity for you to consult them and talk them about the importance of eye care so if it's not just about you know doing a video call and telling them okay you're good or you i cannot help you it's also a point to tell them the importance about regular or comprehensive eye exam or why i'm calling you in an office versus you know doing an exam over a video call so it definitely adds value if done right yeah um, so you also, besides telemedicine and, and, and talking about it in the industry, working in, in the industry, you also do a, a podcast of the Nerdy Optometrist. Uh, tell us about that, and because that's been pretty popular over the last couple of years. Well, I have to say again and again, this Nerdy Optometrist would have not existed if it wasn't for you. You oh, introduced you. me to the world of podcasting, and thanks for you know uh, giving me that opportunity to even begin with. And then, yes, of course, Nerdy Optometrist uh, is there. And thanks to everybody's support, especially people like yours in the industry and the listeners, where it is getting uh good number of listeners and i'm going to be touching the 50th episode in two weeks so i'm excited about it uh you know being able to 
sustained uh, till 50 episodes i wasn't sure who would want to hear me <laughs> talk but i feel the listeners and all the guests that have been part of this podcast are amazing and that's what made not your optometrist uh, survive and you know uh, be there yeah i think i think everyone in the industry if they if they want to you know voice their opinions i think you know there's enough room for enough podcasts enough room for facebook groups enough room for websites i you know every everyone in the industry doesn't want to have one area they're always going to look for different things get different opinions that's how we all grow that's how we grow as an industry um because we need you know educate each other to, to be better and bring optometry forward right so uh, you know I, I think more people out there um doing what they love to do and, and expressing education uh, their their opinions education things like that i, I think it's just good for the industry um, I, I, so it was good to kind of get you to, to do it because now you have a different audience um, that might not like my group or might not like another group or, or might not find it for them interesting. They might find that. So um, I, I think that's important. So that's congratulations on your 50th episode and, and the followers that you have. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I have to say this with podcast or anything which anybody wants to start or do something of their own. I definitely thought of, you know, creating that platform to give information to people about how optometry is practiced in different countries and, you know, different human side of perspectives and focusing on things which are not available on Google, which are the human experiences that I try to capture. Having said that, every episode, I have learned a lot more than I think uh, what I thought I'd started off with. So if you're trying to do something new, you will learn so much more than you give out. So definitely go for it. Yeah, you touched on a product of an overseas optometrist. What are some opportunities for uh, immigrant optometrists in, in the U.S.? Uh, so there are several opportunities that you can look into in terms of, you know, what, how can you, as an immigrant optometrist, how can you do uh, optometry or practice optometry here? I can speak mainly about India because that's where I come from. For people coming from India, they can go back to school the the sad part is, even though you are an optometrist in India, when you come to US, you'll have to go through a four-year program. There are just a couple of colleges which do offer accelerated program, like uh, NECO, that offers a two-year program that you can apply for. And there are two other colleges which might, uh, which do, does offer on case-by-case -case, uh, situation. But other than that, you can work as an optician or an ophthalmic assistant. Uh, if someone wants to be, uh, if someone wants to experiment something like what I did after optometry, I from India, I didn't study and I didn't uh, get my license in US, but I was always interested in more of like leadership and the business side of optometry. So I opted for MBA and I was lucky enough that industry accepted me in different roles. So that's another alternative option that you can look for and, you know, contribute in an industry in different ways. So. There, there are definitely a couple of ways or things you can uh, do in U.S. for sure. Yeah, that's inspiring. I mean, coming from India and, and getting your MBA as well and moving up in the ranks in industry. And and, and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for you. And I, I wish you the best of luck in, in the next few years or so. I'm sure it's going to expand. I mean, especially on a topic like telemedicine that, you know, is not a lot of information out there and doctors you know, are asking to each other, but nobody really knows what to expect or what things. So it's great for you to have that information out there so doctors can, um, you know, ha have resources. So what is your takeaway message on telemedicine uh, for doctors? I know you have a lot of doctors asking you questions and, 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 and for advice. What is your takeaway message? 
I feel my takeaway message, uh, this is completely from my experience. I didn't realize how much gap is there in the industry because we do have many uh, people trying to develop new technology. They will hire engineers, they'll hire sales team, they'll hire success team, they'll hire, you know, everybody. But optometrists are usually consultants. We need to be actively part of this transformation. And because we understand both the patient side, the optometry side, as well as if you have some experience in leadership, also the business side. So I feel it is important to be actively part of this transformation if you're looking to you know, make the change. So I would, I would say like be actively part of the digital transformation because it's definitely here to stay. It's here to stay, yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if anyone has any questions about telemedicine, uh, can you provide an email where, where people can email you? Absolutely. They can they can email me at optomukti at gmail.com. So I I'm I'm definitely a nerd because my email address also has optom in it. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us and I hope you like this podcast and we'll subscribe to the button on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you do, we'll have more podcasts coming out. Thank you so much once again, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Dr. Sampalis, for this amazing opportunity. Really appreciate it.